At Cool Air Products, we developed AC Smart Seal Quick Shot with professionals in mind. It's the only product on the market that's three in one with sealant, lubricant, and UV dye all in a single application. It's non-toxic, non-flammable, 100% safe to the touch, eco-friendly, and compatible with all refrigerants. It's a safe solution option, backed by years of R&D, Intertech tested, and has sealed millions of leaks. AC Smart Seal, the professional's choice. This episode is brought to you by Nice Job. Visit nicejob.com to learn all about the reputation marketing tools available for small businesses. Collect two to three times more reviews, share that social proof on your website and social media, and get more leads and sales. New signups can get $50 off when they mention the HVAC Know-It-All podcast. Visit get.nicejob.com to learn more. This podcast is sponsored by The Master Group, and one of the items we covered in a, a video that was on, on demo loan from Master was the ICM 450. It basically is a uh, phase and voltage monitor that protects equipment if there's anything wrong with the voltage, like a spike, an imbalance, so on and so forth. And a lot of people gave really good feedback on how well they like them. So if you guys want to protect the, the machinery for your customers, ICM 450 is a valid option from master group check out master.ca mike mayberry is on the podcast hvac reefer guy you guys that follow him on instagram and linkedin and, and facebook and stuff you guys know he goes by that name now mike just had a recent health scare he went public with it so i thought hey i want to get mike on the podcast to talk about this so we can spread awareness that the fact that sometimes in in our lives we need to go get checked for certain things that we know could affect us when we get to a certain age so this conversation is going to revolve around that and general men's health and like i said during the the interview we are not health experts okay so we're not trying to give advice we're talking about what works for us um, and and bring awareness to the fact that we should be going for checkups regularly for certain things like prostate, colon, things that affect men's health through the course of our lives. Anyway, let's get to Mike. This is the HVAC Know It All podcast. I'm your host, Gary McCready. Welcome to the HVAC Know It All podcast. Recorded from a basement somewhere in Toronto, Canada. Your host and HVAC tech, Gary McCready, will take you on a deep dive into the industry discussing all things HVAC. From storytelling to technical discussion. Enjoy the show. All right, Mike. It's just you and I, man. Nobody's listening. Just you and me. Nobody's listening. Wow. Um, I got some secrets. <laughs> they're, Gary's, they're Gary's secrets. Yeah, everybody's got skeletons. But um, listen, you went publicly on... Um, I've I seen this post, I think the first time on LinkedIn, right. talking about how you have to go get a checkup because I, you tell the story because I don't remember it properly, but it, it's just this whole conversation is to bring awareness to health and wellness as we get older in the trade because you get online and you, you even see, and I just want to start this off by saying this, me and my coworker were trying out that Supco compressor tote and we're walking across the roof with it and I filmed it. And all of the, the feedback was like, oh, man, you're carrying that little thing. It's only 50 pounds. But I can imagine these are all kids that are younger or maybe not. Maybe some of them are just manly men, right? They're just, they're just the tough guys. But once you get to a certain age, doing that stuff, you, you'll maybe wish that you didn't do it so much the hard way. Well, I think what you said is true. At the same time, I think it's when younger techs may go, oh, my God, I think it's ignorance. Because you don't know what's coming in the future. You're living in a, in a moment of now. Mm -hmm. And when I was a younger tech, I didn't think about carrying K-body. I'd pick up a two-cylinder K-body and rope it up the roof by myself and pull it across the roof. I was doing convenience stores then and walking across the roof with this giant iron ball. Or not ball, but this dead weight, right? You never thought about it. I think as I get older and I service manage, because I've been service managing now since the late 90s. Yeah, I think part of that is is that we see as an as an employer and as a service manager, we see the effects of tech not taking and of not taking care of themselves, and then when they don't take care of themselves, 
I see them like I've seen texts that were my journeymen when I was in my 40s and they were in their late 60s. Oh my God. Like I would tell myself, I'm never going to be like that. And yet, you know, and I'm still not like that. But the trade has all trades have a way of just beating down the body. And back to your question about those younger guys, right? I think of a lot of them work for companies that their employers, they don't care. Like I think they just, they're an employee, they're a number, and they don't look at the long term. So for us as a company, we decided, and even other companies that I managed, that um, anything over a certain weight was an automatic crane. Here where I work and manage now, anything five tons and over, and even some of the heavier five ton scrolls, because remember when we were doing R22, scrolls were smaller and lighter. They didn't have to take the pressure and you could do a five ton hermetic by yourself up the roof. 410 comes along, everything is thicker, more durable, thicker metal, thicker iron. The insides of the scrolls are super heavy duty to take those pressures and obviously they become heavier. So we're really, you know, I really, those guys that are saying, oh, dude, well, you can pick up that compressor by yourself. Probably can, but for how long? Yeah, you can, but why? <laughs> why? Right. Why, 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 what are you proving to yourself? Nothing. I mean, you're proving to yourself you picked up a compressor. It's not a big deal. You want to think about the longevity of your body because once you leave the trade, you don't want to be broken. You don't want to be broken, right? And, and I think this leads back to the, the first point I made is you came on LinkedIn and you revealed something and, and you tell that story and we'll lead up, we'll lead up to, to what happened after. Well, I went to the doctor for my normal prescription refill. And one of the things that happens is a doctor, every doctor will say, how you doing? You got any symptoms? Anything we know about? I said, well, I kind of got this thing going on. I know it's just an old guy thing. It's just me or whatever. It's probably something I ate. But when I urinate, it's burning. Like it's burning bad to where sometimes I can't urinate because it hurts so bad and I have to bite down on a towel. And the guy's like, what? The doctor's like, what are you talking about? And so I told him and he goes, oh my God, like that. He came right out and he goes, you know, that's a sign for prostate cancer. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Cancer? I'm just telling you that, you know, I got this thing. It's burning. Like when I'm trying to pee, it, it freaking hurts. And he's like, well, you know, that's that's a possibility for prostate cancer. Let's order up some blood work. So I go from getting my prescriptions checked to in my head going, holy crap, I could have cancer. And that started the process to where I had some blood work done and the blood work came back really elevated. It was really high, like 0.0 is a normal male, their, their PSA level, 0.0. No, nothing. Their blood's good. Nothing. It's all great. And here I am, I'm testing at a 6.5, 6.6. And he says, oh my God, you know, that, that's pretty high. We're going to have to do a biopsy. So just like that, I went from a prescription refill to blood work to prostate cancer to now I've got to have a biopsy. Yeah, that's scary. And I, it's kind of odd that the doctor just threw cancer out as like, you know what I mean? Like he couldn't have said, well, that's a symptom of many things. We should check it. Like, the, the C word scares people. And I think that should maybe be used with a little bit more caution. No, I think as a, as medical people, just like in air conditioning, we use certain terminology so much that it becomes commonplace to say it. Yeah, true. I think in medical, I think they just say things like, like, for example, I go down on the day of my biopsy and I would say for two plus weeks, I was having some major panic attacks. Because I'm talking to a friend of mine in California that had the same thing. He's like, oh, my God, dude, your legs are going to be up in the stirrups. Your legs are going to be spread apart in a V. And then they're going to pull your legs back to where your ankles are touching your ears. And I'm like, what are you freaking talking about? He's like, dude, that's how they do the procedure. Well, that's how they did his procedure because he had something completely different. So he's telling me and I'm getting ready to go into the doctor's office and I'm looking around for stirrups like I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to get a, like I'm going to get I'm going to meet my gynecologist and my gynecologist, you know. And so he gets there or I get there and, and it's a woman. It's so funny. I've told this story a million times. So I, I go to the doctor on my day of my biopsy and the doctor says, or the nurse, the nurse that was there, this real pretty brunette, she says, hey, I need you to get undressed, but leave your shirt on. And I'm like, mm, okay. So I 
take my pants off, I take my shoes off, I take my pants off, I take my underwear off. And there I am standing in this room with a bed. There's this real pretty nurse and I'm naked from the waist down. <laughs> I get up on the, on the thing, the, the bench, and the doctor has me lay in a V, like here I'm laying in a V shape. And my rear end is the highlight of the V, like, you know what I mean? Yep, yep, I got gotcha. you. And the doctor comes in and he says, now, are you ready to go? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, no. He goes, I'm, I says, I want to know all the steps. So walk me through all the steps. He goes, okay, we're going to do this and this and this. And when you hear a cap gun, like a cap gun, like, like that, that is the machine shooting like a tube, a real small tube through your rectum and into your prostate. Oh, my. And I'm like, oh, my God, am I going to feel this? He's like, no, I'm going to give you some needles. So he's inside my backside giving, you know, needling me with, I don't know what, not Novocaine, but, you know, something to numb, numb it. Yeah. And I go through the motions, and it was really, it was, wasn't painful at all. It was a breeze. He, clean, he takes the machine out of my backside, cleans me all up. He says, you can get dressed. And at that moment, I looked, it got dressed. I realized that that entire time, because my guy had shrunk up and tucked away so tightly, like it was, it was gone. Like there's any chance where you're going to go to the doctor and be like, oh my God, like, dude, I was in the room with this dude. Like, oh my God, he's a man. Because I saw what was going on and there was nothing there, you know? And I tell people like if that Seinfeld episode where he talks about shrinkage, it was shrinkage, dude. That's exactly how it was. It was horrible. And I'm like, you know, my wife is like, they see hundreds of those a day. Your, your body was protecting itself, man. It was sucking yeah. it all, all it back. It was like, you're not, you ain't touching that. It's sucking it back up. It was like a turtle. He disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> and so in the scope of things, you know, I kind of found humor in the fact that I was really stressed out. And, and then I would say the worst of it, of the whole process was when my wife and I, you know, we met with the nurse up front and she says, well, you know, we're closed for the holidays. And I, so there's two weeks lost when I should have had the biopsy results. And then there was a couple of weeks where he's like, oh, she's not, he's not in, he's out of town, whatever. So we made the appointment for January 11th. Well, from before, when I had the biopsy to January 11th, I ended up with COVID. And then I had to wait for COVID to be over with before I could go into the doctor to get my biopsy results. And that ended up being January 11th. But, you know, um, we made a conscientious, I made a conscientious decision. My life is, and your life, because I see the stuff, our lives are on social media. I mean, we pretty much, outside of discussing family, our daily life is on social media. We talk where we're going, what we're working on, what we saw, the person we talked to or whatever. And so I decided not to hide this. I decided to be open about it and say, I'm going to videotape the entire process mm -hmm. all the way through because in my head and in my heart, there are other men going through the same thing that are afraid to talk about it because they're embarrassed Yeah. or, and I have, I've already met two people that have had cancer and didn't share it with their kids and their family because they were afraid of what was going to happen. And they watched my video and they're like, holy crap, dude, you just put it out there. And I said, well, yes, because if one man or one woman sees it and says, I'm over 50 and I got to go to the doctor, then it was a, it's a win. And I've had a lot of people text me and say, because of you, I went to the doctor. You know, I'm 58, I'm 55, I'm 60. I saw your video. Oh my God, you were right. I need to go. That's so good, man. It became a win. That's, that's awesome. So your results were? The results were negative. Awesome. Here's the thing about the negative result. My wife and I are sitting in the doctor's office where we're sitting side by side. And when they sit you down, you know, they check your temperature and the blood pressure and all that. And she says, the nurse says, I'm going to put your file outside the door. And then the doctor will be in momentarily. From the time that she walked out to the time I sat there in my eyes and or my head was hours. Because it's a 50-50. It's not like 20-40 or 90-10. It's 50-50. Yeah. She's either going to say, you do or you don't. There's no yeah. sugarcoating it. Yeah. Because I'm a person that's a pessimist and a half-full, half-glass, half-full thing. I had told myself I had cancer. I'm like, I got cancer. People are like, how are you doing? I'm good. I got cancer. Let's get this show on the road. Let's get the chemo. And I'm already researching chemo and doctors and you know, and radiation therapy and all that. Everybody at work 
was the opposite. They're like, no, you're, you're good to go. Even my neighbors, you're good to go. And I'm like, no, you're all nuts. I got cancer. And when the results came and the nurse said, listen, I had your results. I saw your results outside the door and I knew you wanted these right away. You're like, okay. And she sits down, she goes, and your result is, and I'm looking at the floor. It's either a 50, 50 split. And she goes, your results are all the tests came back negative. Like every single test, she showed me the test. Everything was negative, negative, everything was negative. And I'm like, that's when you realize at that moment, as I did, I got like a second lease on life. Like I'm not going to take life for granted, even though I don't take life for granted now. But my wife and I dodged a huge bullet. So what was the like? What was the initial, the initial feeling, the initial thing you felt when she said negative? There must have been like that inrush of something. Was it like relief? No, I, I actually stared at the floor. We have a we have a vacation. My wife and I have a vacation planned for July. We're going to take our first real big summer trip. I've never done that before. But we looked. I looked at the floor. My wife cried a little bit. And then we high-fived each other. And I kind of just looked at the floor. And even though I'm not strong in my faith, I rarely ask for prayers. Like when I do pray, and I'm not going to make this a religious thing, but Mm -hmm. when I do pray, I usually pray for other people. And I'll tell God, listen, I don't need anything. I'm good. You know, I got an awesome beard. And I got, you know what I mean? Like I got a great job and I'm healthy and I don't need anything. Like, there are millions and billions of people around the world that are praying to you right now. Whatever energy you're going to give me, go give it to them because they need it. When the negative results, I kind of said a little prayer and I was like, oh my God, you helped me dodge a bullet and I didn't ask for your support and I didn't really ask for the prayers because it's something that's treatable. And I'm like, but thank you for whatever you did. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it was that. And then I looked at the nurse again and I'm like, so what do we do about the prostate? Because my prostate was real big. It's it's three times the size of a normal prostate. That's normal for a prostate to grow or or enlarge as you get older, though, right? That is correct. Yeah. The problem is so, what, and that's something the doctor said, which was when he did the prostate exam, he said your prostate is nine hundred or ninety grams. A normal prostate is thirty grams, and you're at ninety grams. And he says that'll give you a false reading. So. When he said that at the biopsy, that gave me a little hope because it's like, oh, well, maybe maybe that's what it is. And that's exactly what it ended up being. So he was kind of like, we got a little new lease on life. My wife and I hug each other just a little bit more. I probably don't take stuff for granted as much as I used to in the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And we decided to close out the video, obviously, and post the LinkedIn. I'm going to probably post the results on Saturday on Instagram. Instagram crowd is a little different. The LinkedIn crowd is sending me a message to my phone or text message me off the side because it's an older group on LinkedIn. Yeah, correct. Correct. So, um, you know, it was just a big sigh of relief. And, you know, of course, I'm calling everybody and I'm emailing people and I'm calling my mom and I'm calling the kids. We have a son in California and told him and, you know, we're trying to tell as many people as possible. And uh, it was pretty freaking awesome. Well, that's, I'm glad everything worked out for you. And, uh, I mean, luckily you were going to the doctor, like a lot of people avoid it. Right. And, and that's where you get into trouble is when you avoid certain things that through the history of time, we know when a man gets to 40, there's certain, certain things he should check when a man gets to 50, certain things, 60, certain things. And it's been documented through the, the, the course of time that certain diseases creep up within certain decades of your life. Right. And, and I got a story. I'll, I'll go back and forth with you on, on stories here. I got a story. Quick break, guys. So JB Warranties is a warranty platform that covers warranty programs outside of manufacturer's warranty. Now, one of the things that, that I found in, in my career, if I go back to do something under warranty and it's a manufacturer's part, the part is free, but the labor is really not covered. Uh, depending on depending on the customer and depending on the agreements and all that kind of jazz. So JB Warranties offers up to $300 an hour in labor reimbursement, which I think is beneficial to, obviously beneficial to the, to the shop owner, to the tech going out in the field, so on and so forth. So if you're interested in extending the warranty programs for your customers, check out JB Warranties. Company Cam is a, is a platform developed to organize images, notes, uh, uh, even video now 
and GPS stamp location. Um, it's it's all it all ends up in the cloud. It doesn't take space up in your phone. So if you're on a, a certain job, big install job let's say there's a crew on there and they're all taking pictures and making notes. They all land in the exact same file. So the manager back at the shop, for instance, can go check that file and see all of these images, pictures, notes, videos, and they're all GPS stamped, uh, time stamped. So pretty cool stuff from company cam. So check those guys out. E-Motors Direct, guys, a couple of promo codes here. E-Motors Direct, if you place an order with them using the code HVAC know it all, you'll get 8% off of your order. All right. So emotorsdirect.ca, check them out. True Tech Tools, another promo code here, 8% off of your, your purchase, except Fluke, Fleer, and there might be a couple other ones in there um, using code know it all. So check out True Tech Tools. They got a, an abundance, an array of tools uh, for the HVAC tech. So 8% off using promo code know it all. From recently, I guess it, it's happened the last two summers in the same region that you were having problems with <laughs> in the in the testicle region. So I had a vasectomy after my third son was born. This is going back now. He's six. So I had my vasectomy like just after he was born. So about six years ago. And everything's been fine. But a couple summers ago, I started getting in the summer, especially I started getting this really dull pain down in, in that region, especially on the left side. And, um, it kind of dissipated after the summer uh, maybe it was just heat inflammation. I don't know what it was. Then it went away. I'm like, okay, maybe it was just something weird. So then <laughs> next summer comes, I get on the back of an ATV. And I don't know if, if, if you've ridden a, an ATV before. Have you ridden on the back? I got him. Yeah. Have you ridden on the back seat of one? Cause there's a major difference between how much you bounce. Yes. Right. So I'm bouncing up and down. And a couple of weeks later, the pain comes back and I'm like, man, this is, um, this is not good. So I, I, I start thinking immediately like testicle cancer or something like that. And I'm Googling shit and, and I shouldn't have been Googling anything because I, that will scare you. Right. So I call the doctor, make an appointment. And, um, <laughs> this is where it gets embarrassing like you. Right. So he says, lie down on the bed and drop, drop your, your underwear. And I'm like, well, to be honest with you, I can feel this. I can feel something down there. Like it's inflamed and I can feel it when I'm standing up and I read how to test or, or check your own testicles for uh, testicle cancer. Right? And you have to do mm -hmm. that yourself with, you gotta, you gotta feel right. Mm -hmm. This is, this should be uncomfortable for some people to talk about, but like yourself, I don't feel uncomfortable at all to even talk about this, but anyway, mm -hmm there's ways that you, you can check for lumps on your testicles, but there, there wasn't a lump. It, it's like a, the tubing that comes from them up into your, your sort of stomach area that was inflamed on the left-hand side. And I thought it has to be something to do with my vasectomy, some like build up, some scarring, so, so, something, right? But I had to stand up and drop, <laughs> drop the underwear for the doctor. And he walked in with his like intern doctor who was also a female. So they're both standing there and then he sits down on a chair. So he's, he, his head is yeah. basically at, <laughs> at the height of my, <laughs> my, my whole groin area. And then he starts like feeling them and stuff. He's like, yeah, he's like, it doesn't feel like he goes, I don't feel cancer. He's like, but I do feel the, the inflamed kind of tubing on the left-hand side. So I pull my pants back up and I tell him, how I was checking myself and he goes, come back, pull your pants down again so I can show you how to, how to check yourself. And I'm like, oh man, I thought we were over this. So anyway, he couldn't feel anything. He wasn't concerned. I had to go for an ultrasound. So I had to drop them there and, and buddy had to put this like cold, there's a man yeah. cold gel and he's like taking his time and go, this is the most awkward situation. But at the end it was like, they couldn't find anything. It was the weirdest thing. There was no sign of cancer. There was no sign of, um, there's a bunch of different names that you can have for like fluid buildup in and around the testicle area. And I can't remember all the names, but, but there was none of that either. It was the bizarrest thing. He's like, I can't explain it. I don't feel anything except for inflamed tubing. Your ultrasound came back normal. He's like, maybe it's just a thing like from your vasectomy. Because after a vasectomy, a lot of people don't know this. You still generate um, semen, but it has nowhere to go. It just builds up and builds up and it's supposed to die off inside of, of your testicles. But if it doesn't and it, and it starts building up in the tubes, they can actually swell. So that's what we 
think may have been happening. So that's sort of my story. But it, it just goes back to if I didn't visit the doctor, I'd be feeling this pain and I'd be worried, right? And I think it's taking that worry away from you that is a really big sigh of relief, at least for me anyway. Yeah, and I, and I think the fact that you're sharing it is going to affect another man out there that could be good. And that's the whole part of the of the social media. Everybody thinks that social media, you're out there to sell. You're out there to sell some content, some product, do whatever. But there's also the social media side of it that says, hey, we're here to help each other. And as a man, there's things you need to to do. And especially as you, I'll, I'll be, I'm a pro, I'll be 59 this year. You know, I'm approaching my sixties. You know, I, my career, my trade career is slowly coming to a close. You know what I mean? And go, and I'll be going into something different. Maybe, you know, I don't want to work until I'm 72. Part of me wants to work until I'm 72 because I'll be, that would be 50 years in air conditioning. You know, in four years, I'll have 40 years in air conditioning. And, So I think as you start thinking about going older or not going older, but growing older, then health and fitness goes with it, you know, and men out in the trade, men and women in the trade who want to be able to have a life ahead of them after they've been in the trade or or if they say, you know what, I'm going to do 25 years and that's it. You know, you have to think about the future. I never thought about the future when I was working in supermarket rack rooms. And now I've got tinnitus and I've got ringing in my ears. That's 24 hours a day. I can't get rid of it. It sometimes it's a little better. Sometimes it's a little worse. It's ringing in my ears right now. And most of that is from a little bit of hunting or not hunting, but trap shooting without my headphones on. I would say 90% of it is trade related, not putting on earplugs or ear, you know, muffs when I'm, uh, using a ram set gun back in the day or a healthy gun working in supermarket rack rooms where that decibel level is like 90 decibels. It's huge. It's pounding on your eardrums. And that's where most of it came from. And so you don't think about it now because it's not ringing. But when you hit your fifties, you're going to deal with tinnitus and that's a whole nother problem. So that's why as a safety manager, you see me a lot on my content. Like, where's this? Where's your ear, you know, your, your headphones? Where's your earmuffs? Where's your, gloves you know where's your this you know why aren't you lifting a compressor with the tote you know the the compressor tote like why aren't you picking a compressor up with two people it it just takes a little bit of time very small amount of time to protect yourself so that you can stay healthy well into your 70s and 80s yeah for sure man and like what are you doing now at this point in your life that you did differently 10 years ago like are you because I know as as you get older, like, and I see it with my own parents and stuff, they eat different than they did 10 years ago. They they seem to exercise more now. They go for walks like every single day. They go for long walks. I do a ton of walking because the in the, in the commercial sort of realm I'm in right now, the buildings that I, I take care of are big. So I walk a ton. Like some, some days, like I swear I'm, I'm walking easily three, four miles just walking from truck to, to unit to back to uh, the office part and back to the roof and all around. Like, you know what I mean? I'm just, I'm just constantly on the go. So what are you doing to help maintain your longevity? Well, COVID put a little bit of a crimp in it. You know, I'll be honest, it, it kept me in bed for a while, for a couple of weeks. I mean, I had COVID. Yeah. I would say the number one thing that I do now is I don't lift heavy anymore. Like when I was in my 20s, 30s, and 40s, the gym was the gym life, gym rat. I was a gym rat. And lifting heavy was important to me then because you're lifting heavy, you're lifting, you know, you're curling 50-pound dumbbells, you're hack squatting 800 pounds, you're leg squatting, you know, 600 pounds, whatever the numbers are, right? And... Now that I get closer to my 60s, the heavy weight doesn't become as big of an issue as mobility. And so I'll still lift, but I won't lift to die for. Like I won't go out and try to lift a 50-pound dumbbell and curl it like I used to because, honestly, it's not that important to me anymore. Instead, if I can get out 35-pound weights and rep them out 20 times instead of doing 40 at 10, then, you know... It's important because the thing to remember that techs forget is, and I've heard this and it's nothing against you, is guys will be like, dude, I walk three miles a day. And I'm like, yeah, but look at you. 
Like you're going home and pounding the beers down. You're going home and heating real heavy. Like that's not like, I don't, I don't drink. Like I'm me. I'm a casual drinker. I'll have a beer. If I go out to a brewery, like a micro brew someplace here in Phoenix, I'll have one beer. I don't even keep beer in the refrigerator. So eating, I do eating totally different. Now I eat now in the afternoon, I'm a lunch person. And when I come home, I have something small, like some apple chips or maybe a salad with some vinaigrette. And I eat really light because I don't want to go to bed on a, on a full stomach because that's the body just sits there and the carbs are sitting in there and they're just turning to fat. So my comment earlier was, you know, I've seen a lot of techs over the years that are 30, have walked three miles. They're like, dude, I climbed that ladder with my tool bag and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yeah, but you look horrible. You're a diabetic. You're obese. You know, you've got asthma. Like, yeah, you can walk all the time, but what you do at home is like really important because walking, light exercising, going to the gym, working out with free weights, keeping your back strong is huge to attack. Uh, shoulders, your hand strength as we get older. And I hate to say it, like I get arthritis sometimes and I wake up in the morning and my hands are like this and I've got to like, uh, I've got to get them to move. Well, do some hand strength stuff because that's important. Uh, walking is huge. Swimming, if you live someplace where you can swim, maybe at a Y, like my friend Ray, tiny HVAC on Instagram, he goes to the Y and works out and he swims and he, he just keeps himself mobile. So I think mobility is the number one. Mobility and diet. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with you. I, I What you said about the lifting thing, I used to be a gym rat too. I, it's really hard to get to the gym these days as, as life is just so busy. But I I used to be a gym rat. And for me, it wasn't so much heavy lifting. I was more of about a balanced sort of routine where it was like the weights, yes, but not the heaviest. And and I was also into cardio and stretching as well, because I used to play soccer. I played soccer for, for many, many years. And I would show up to games and I would watch my my teammates do a couple stretches here and there, but I would literally stretch for half an hour before every game. And that was... I felt that was the reason why I played for so many years without getting injured. Like, knock on wood that if I ever play again, I don't get injured. But I, I seen teammates get injured and and just being not prepared. And that was partially due, probably more than partially due to not stretching. So now when I go to the gym still, I spend the first half an hour stretching. Like I'll stretch everything, my legs, my neck, my back, my arms, because I feel that stretching along with mobility, um, along with strength, along with diet, um, and even supplements is you, you got to create this. And obviously you and I are not health professionals. So everybody don't, don't follow what we do, do whatever you do for yourself. But for me, I find that balance with nutrition, mobility, stretching, some strength stuff, and adding some supplements into my diet, like vitamin C and D and zinc mm-hmm. and a, mul- a multivitamin fish oils. And the other thing that I do that I find works for me might not work for everybody, but it's good weight control is intermittent fasting where maybe like a few days during the week, I won't eat anything. Um, I'll have uh, coffee in the morning and some water during the day, but I, my coffee has no sugar or cream or anything like that. It's just black and I'll just drink water during the day and then I'll have maybe something light in the afternoon um, and then I'll eat my dinner and stuff. And I find that intermittent fast, I find it just sort of awakens like your metabolism I just, I just, I can just feel something going on inside of me and it really helps with the weight control. Like I don't gain weight. I don't lose weight. I stay within the same three to four pound range and just fluctuate in between that. And and, and that's it. Yeah. Like I cut out dairy this year, you know, and it was because of my nursing or nurse. I have a nurse across the street. I got to get rid of dairy. So we cut back on dairy. In fact, I'm all now I might, like I had some dairy today. I, I went to a, at a burger. I had a cheeseburger with no meat because I don't eat meat anymore. I don't eat beef, chicken, fish, pork, anything, beef, anything. And it's not a political reason. Like people are like, oh, you must be for the animals. I'm like, no, I don't give a crap. Eat as much meat as you want. For me, it's been so long since I've had beef. I don't even remember what it tastes like. I've been a vegetarian for probably 25 years. Really? Yeah, I don't. And I just gave up dairy this year, last year, milk. And moved everything to oat milk. I really like oat milk, oat milk ice cream, oat milk. I don't, you know, regular milk. I buy it in a half gallon carton. And it's really helped me with some of my weight and the way I feel. 
Sugars is a big thing. I haven't had any soda or Coca-Cola or anything since November, December, actually, since part of December. Yeah, all that all that stuff is poison, and that's yeah. Pop, pop is poison, and all the guys that drink the monsters and the Red Bulls. Oh, like, that's the worst. That that is poison for your body. Stop drinking that stuff. Yeah, like when I was service managing in California, I was managing this company, and I would get you know I take my phone and tech would be doing something crazy, and I'd get my phone, I, I'd throw the phone against the wall, and you know all this stuff, and I was I was a raving lunatic because I'm drinking three monsters a day, you know. <laughs> Because, yeah. <laughs> but you know, at the time though, I'm running 25 or 30 techs in multiple states. I'm dealing with a problem in Arizona, a tech problem in Vegas. You know, what are my guys doing in Southern California? And I'm, I'm just a raving lunatic. And, um, I had to go to this nutritionist. Like, you know, the, the office is like, if you don't do something and I'm six, four, 270 pounds, like I'm not a small guy. So I'm a raging lunatic in the office and I got people afraid of me in my own office. And the doctor's <laughs> like, you know, I, they, I went to a nutritionist, you know, and the doctor's like, you've got to quit the monsters. And I quit the monsters cold. And all of a sudden, once the sugar and stuff got out of my system, I wasn't a raving lunatic. And so, you know, guys out there that are managing, if you have a team that is not following your direction, and it could be because the monsters or the Red Bulls and stuff, like take a look at your diet because what you put in your body is exactly what exudes. So if you're eating healthy and you're eating right, you're going to feel positive. You're going to go be a positive manager, a positive leader. If you're out there drinking three monsters, there's probably guys like, oh, you're full of crap. Well, then you know what? You run your life the way you want because I know what happened to me and I know what three monsters a day. And I wasn't drinking the little ones. I'm drinking the twist top ones. And so, you know, I'm going, ballistic and what you said is true they're they're just not they're not good for you yeah I, i'm not gonna sit here and pretend i'm some sort of saint like i've drank i've drinking them before i just don't I, I actually haven't had one of those in a very long time me either and, and i do drink the odd ginger ale or whatever <laughs> and in summer in the summer like i i love beer in the summer like i'll i'll drink lots of beer in the summer i will only drink a little bit in the winter, like a glass of red wine yeah. here and there. Um, but in the summertime, it's like campfire and beer. It's like, I, it, here I come, it, it's on. But because of what I do during the day, sweating it all off and all the walking and, and exercise and the, the fact that I, I try to watch my diet as much as I can, it's super difficult because I have a sweet tooth, man. Like you, you give me some chocolate, like it's, yeah, don't bring chocolate in my house because I will eat it all. So I, when I, when I go grocery shopping, I have to be very, very, what's the word? I, I have to be very careful what I buy because if I buy the wrong thing, the power within me sometimes won't, will not let me stop grabbing that chocolate or cookies or whatever it is. So I, I really got to be careful when I go shopping. Like I'm a Skittles nut. I love Skittles, you know, a little yeah. taste the rain, taste the rainbow. Yeah. I so like, the like sour ones. Yeah. Like years ago, I don't even remember, like. 12 years ago, I think I met this at this mechanical show when Lennox unveiled the micro channel coils for the first time. I'm standing in this, it was a closed event. It was just for select contractors. I got to go, social media wasn't even around then. And Lennox wheels out this package unit on a covered up. And they're like showing the future of HVAC and this micro channel coil sitting there. And I'm like, what is that piece of crap? You know, how are we going to fix that? And he's like, oh, dude, they don't leak. They're bulletproof, blah, 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 the whole thing. That night, I got into my hotel room and was eating Skittles, and a Skittle fell in the bathroom, and I bent over to pick up the Skittle and pop my back out. And oh, so now shit. I can't walk. I can't get off the floor. And I and I remember that my flight was like the next day after I had like a little little breakfast thing with this group. And then I was going to go to, I was going to go to the airport in Columbus, Ohio and fly back to California. And I did the whole thing with my back is out because of freaking Skittle. So I tell the kids all the time about, they've told, they've heard the Skittle story. They won't let me keep my, and my children are a girl are grown. They're, they're adult children living on their own. And, but anytime there's a Skittle, they're like, Oh, let me pick it up for you, old man. We don't want your back to go out. I'm like, really, really? That's how it's going to be the Skittle. So, <laughs> so dumb. So, the, well, something that I learned too was I had always wanted to be a strongman competition. Like I'd see pick the guys picking up. So I was training to do that. Like I was shoulder shrugging 400, 500 pounds. I was 
you know, shoulder pressing 225 on a bar. You know, I'm I'm hack squatting 600 pounds. I'm front front squatting. I can't remember the leg leg press. I'm leg mm-hmm. pressing 1100 pounds. Like I'm just like cranking the weights out. The problem was I had so much protein to go with it that I became muscle fat. You see the guys like they're huge and then they have big arms, but it's all fat. They're strong, but it's fat. Mm. And that was something that changed because I got up to 320 pounds and I was a 44 waist, almost a 46 waist. And somebody I hadn't seen in a while, somebody in the business hadn't seen in a while was like, whoa, bro, you look like the S word. And I'm like, what? It's like, yeah, <laughs> you look horrible. And I'm like, no, bro, I'm trained to be the world's strongest man. I want to lift a car. I'm working up where I can pick up a car, you know? And he's like, yeah, no, it's not working for you. You look horrible. And I was 320 pounds. And so here I am. I'm huge. I'm really fat. I'm really thinking that I'm in shape, but I'm not. And I went hiking with a friend of mine and my kids and walked like a, it's supposed to be like a three mile round trip hike to a waterfall, and I couldn't do it. It took me all day. It seemed like I would think maybe four hours, maybe longer to hike the three miles because my body was killing itself. I couldn't breathe. I had a backpack on. I was dying, and I don't smoke. And I like to tell, I don't drink a lot. And it was all because. In my mind, I'm healthy because look how big I am, but I'm really not. And that's, I think, as people, we have to get over that. We have to, like, look at really look at yourself in the mirror and go, oh, I'm okay with these pants. They button up today. Like, no, you got to really look at yourself and go to the doctor or see a nutritionist or see a personal trainer and get a true, because our wives lie. Like, my, I'll look at my wife. How, am I fat? Am I fat to you? No, you look great. Well, I, you know what? I'm waiting for the day and now she will. She'll say, you know, honey, you look like crap. But our wives and the people that are around us that love us, they won't tell the truth. So you need somebody outside of that circle to say, how do I look? Not that great. How's my, yeah. what's, my body, what's my body fat count? Uh, I, I'm probably a single digit. And they're like, oh, no, dude, you're, you're like 40. You're like, what? You know, and you need to hear that. You need to have that shock you know, whatever it is for you to get that point to where you say, wow, I need to fix myself because if I'm going to be an old man in the trade, I can't do it the way I'm doing it. Yeah, that's, I, you make a good point. And that's why I, I've always wondered like, why, if, if your wife says to you, do I look good in these pants and you don't think she does, why is it so bad for you to tell her she doesn't? Because she's going to know the truth. And I, yeah, obviously I know why that's bad to say that. But that's why I love, that's why I love children. Like my six-year-old son, the other, uh, a couple of weeks ago, he looks at me, he's like, daddy. I'm like, what? He's like, you have a big booger in your nose. I'm like, yeah, I do. Thanks for telling me. Like people won't, like adults have a hard time telling other adults they got a big booger in their nose where I think they would just appreciate hearing that. But anyway. I, I see what you're saying. You need somebody to tell you the truth. And sometimes your family member is not the one to do that. Uh, another thing I want to talk about as far as, as medical examinations that we should be going to check for men, like obviously we can't have this conversation about women because we don't know at this point, we still don't know women that well, Mike, we can both admit that, right? <laughs> we still don't understand, understand them fully. Anyway, I'm just kidding. Yeah, but we can't talk about a woman's body because we're not women. So right as far as a man's health goes, something else that we should be doing, we talked about prostate, that's a big one, blood work, uh, and colonoscopies is another one that's that's huge. They say when you get to 50, you should start going, but I think that you should be going earlier. My dad had colon cancer, He it was, it was fixed, like it was cut out at chemo, and that was three, four years ago, and, and he's good now. But they're saying that it could have been in growing in him for years upon years upon years. And a colonoscopy every five years would have caught it. So I think you should start going if you're 40, 45. And because even polyps that grow in your colon can turn cancerous. And when they do the colonoscopies, they can actually cut those polyps out as they're going. So I think that's another super important one as long. Uh, so along with um, prostate that men should be going to get checked for sure. 
Yeah, I mean, when I turned 40, my dad died from from brain cancer. My grandmother had cancer. Cancer runs on my on my dad's side of the family. It doesn't run on my grandfather's side of the family. It's all on my grandma's yeah. side or my mom's side. And so they all live a long life. My mother, they're all they're all in the 80s, 90s. But that colonoscopy and the process for the colonoscopy with the enemas and the fleece enema, like that is something that needs to be done when you turn 40. Like I don't wait, I wouldn't wait till I'm 50. Do it when you're 40. And a lot of people are like, oh my God, it's so embarrassing. In my mind, it's like, what's embarrassing about living? Like, what's embarrassing about that? About being at your kid's baseball game or being at your your daughter's wedding or going to see your son graduate. Because as much as we joke about it, if you don't get that stuff done, you could die. And that's that's like there's no 50-50. It's not like, oh, I'll put it off and listen, I'll keep living for 10 years. If you, those polyps are in there and it turns to cancer, like it's bad. So, I mean, just go get checked. The process takes like a day, you know, to do the enema and the whole clean out and stuff. And then the, the colonoscopy is like 10 or 15 minutes and you're done. And if you get a clean bill of health, at least you know the truth. Because the truth is way better than just rolling along in a lie. Yeah, and and not only that, if you get even if you don't get a clean bill, bill of health and you catch something in the er, early stages, right? Um, that, that's that's the other thing that brings me to early stages. I was born in Scotland, so I got this like white British skin that is horrible in the sun. It's it's horrible in the sun, and this is something that's I think is important too. As techs in this field, we work outside a lot. Um, we're getting the sun on us a lot. So sunscreen is huge. I know a lot of them, people say they're not so good for you, but maybe find one that is half decent, whatever, and, and protect yourself from the sun. I had a friend, same sort of skin as me. She had melanoma. She had mel- She was diagnosed with melanoma Yeah, last year, but it was stage one and it was just like a spot on her arm that they cut off. They just cut it off and they biopsied it. And yeah, it was melanoma. But when they did checking of the lymph nodes or something like that there was there was nothing else so she didn't have to do chemo they just cut it out and and done but if she ignored that right that could have went to stage two stage three and and then it it moves in your blood gets could get into your lungs so on and so forth so all these little tiny things you might not think are big deals and and men have a Men have this thing about putting putting off the doctor and I don't know if that's going to change or has changed recently but even when you you talk to, to older people like the last generation or the generation before it was like, why do I need to go to the doctor? I don't need to go to the doctor. I'm fine. Right. And it, I, I think that attitude should change a bit. Just my opinion. Yeah, it needs to change. I mean, the only area we haven't spoken about is eyes. And that's another thing. You need to protect your eyes. You need to wear goggles, but you need to get your eyes checked because it's so important. Like a lot of people don't know that in my left eye right here, my left eye, I had cataract surgery. I have glaucoma. So they actually went in and cut the top of the cornea and flapped it open and pulled out the cataract and put a whole lens in. And I also have a titanium tube pushed inside the eye, surgically inserted, so that it constantly drains for my glaucoma because I have elevated eye pressure. Eye pressure. So if you're not checking for glaucoma, you could have the best sight in the world, but if the eye pressure is so big that it actually makes your eye expand like a balloon, it can burst and you can go blind when you could just be taking some stupid eye drops twice a day that'll control all that. So men don't. They, they just don't. They, and you got to. Everything going on from your body head to toe needs to be checked out the older you get. And when you're working as a young person, man or woman in the trade, and you're just starting out, you've got to protect yourself. Even if your employer doesn't, you have to protect yourself. Yeah, that's 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 a because you said that earlier that a lot of employers don't care, and th- that is a good point because a lot of them don't. A lot of them will send you out with a ten ton compressor and say, "Yeah, you don't have a crane. You're ro- you're doing that compressor by yourself, and you're roping it to the roof." Nope. Yeah, I- exactly. It's like, yeah, I'm going to kill myself. Or the thing that gets me is that if you're close to the, the edge of a roof here. Within six feet, you're supposed to be tied off, but they don't right. put in structural tie-off points. They don't even put them in. So how are you supposed to tie off? And then the thing that scares me is you're roping up something heavy. You get it almost up. You get it to like the 
the flashing and you're trying to get it over the flashing yeah. and, and you get so tired that you actually pass out. I mean, that could happen. And you're standing at the edge of a roof, right? Or you're, you're just so exhausted, your body gives and, and you just flop over and that you're at the edge of the roof. These are the things that, that scare the hell out of me, right? And, and I don't know how employers are okay with that. I just don't get how they're okay with well, it. Well, I think employers, I'll, I'll tell you, I can only talk about, yeah, I, I'll only tell you about our business. And if you're an, an owner listening to this and you're thinking the whole time I'm full of crap, here's what I tell every owner of a company. If you look at your workers' comp claim, your workers' comp, right, and you have a high amount of claims and you look at your injuries and you've got a, a guy injured on the job with a ladder, you got this or you got that, and your workers' comp score is real high, your insurance that you pay for is based on, your workers' comp is based upon your accidents and the amount of injuries that an employee has. So at the same time, they'll say, oh, that guy, go out and do it and whatever, and he doesn't need a helper, and all oh, that ladder's fine, and whatever, you probably will see, possibly, I've seen it, a higher increase in work-related injuries, and all of a sudden, a worker's comp claim goes up, because as soon as the tech goes in, where did it happen? Well, it happened at work. Boom, it's automatic worker's comp. From a business side, it's better for you to go out and send two guys for two hours to rope the compressor or get a hundred dollar crane or get a safer ladder or get a different spot or go out and help them with the compressor tote. And Gary's got one side and Mike's got the other. We're going across. You'll actually see your workers comp drop and you'll save huge money, huge money on your workers comp insurance just by spending an hour to two hours. And all of a sudden your workers comp claims are gone. And that's where I tell owners and managers all the time is to really look at the workers' comp. Oh, I didn't bid that extra guy into the job. You're right. But now that guy is injured and that technician's off for a week or two weeks because of a bad back and you're having to pay his workers' comp. Like, where was the benefit to that? Mm -hmm. So from a yeah. business standpoint, it's working safe, working healthy and getting the techs the help that they need is a better workplace for everybody and the employees like it better. You save money on workers comp, it's just a good business decision. I agree. And I think that is, uh, I think that's a good spot to end this by yelling at all the, uh, the owners. You guys, you guys. <laughs> all right, Mike, uh, this was an awesome conversation and this really could go on for another two hours or so. I'm ready when you are. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, thanks, man. I, I appreciate it. I called you or I messaged you like late in the day and you responded. Um, yes, quickly. And, and, and I appreciate that. So thanks, Mike. So I just want to give a shout out to Mike after this conversation for having the balls to go public with his own personal health. Because going public has spread awareness and it's got other people to think and go, hmm, maybe I should go get checked out for certain things so my health doesn't decline. Maybe I'll get it caught early. Maybe I'll have peace of mind. You know, all of these things because peace of mind is also a part of mental health. If you're always worrying about something that could be wrong with you, your mental health is going to be affected. Going to the doctor and getting a clean bill of health or getting, getting a diagnosis that you may not like, but now you have, uh, now you have a plan to alleviate that. It's all part of physical and mental health. So thank you, Mike, for spreading this awareness. But that's it, guys. Thank you to the Master Group. Once again, I'm out. Happy HVACing.